Brother Chairman and dear friends of our pastor's conference, I put on your heart as I come to my message a few verses in the second chapter of Paul's letter to the Philippians. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and hath given him a name which is above every name, and at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ is Lord. You just heard a few clips from Philippians chapter 2, as read by Drs. Steve Gaines, Adrian Rogers, and R.G. Lee. We want to thank Luke Holmes for finding the R.G. Lee clip from the 1959 SBC Pastors Conference. And you'll find out in just a moment why we're sharing that. Jared? Hello, friends, and welcome again to another episode of the Potlet Podcast. I am Jared Cornutt, joined by my co-hosts, all three of us this time. That's nice. Matt Hensley, Alan Murray. Alan, how are you up there on the icy roads of North Carolina? I'm doing much better than I was last week when you guys recorded. Um, I'm over COVID, I guess, according to CDC regulations. You know, we yep. went from 14 days of quarantine to 10 to 5 to eating off the floor at the Waffle House. So, Doing well. It does not right. but I'm doing well. I would not recommend eating off the floor of a Waffle House, but I do recommend eating at Waffle House. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing well, doing a little bit better than Jay Allen. Wasn't sure if he would ever talk to me again after the things that I said on the podcast last week, but he informed me that he didn't listen, which I don't blame <laughs> him for. Uh, but he said he's going to listen to it tomorrow. Uh, but doing well, got to preach this morning at Bethlehem Christian Church in McKinney. Had a great time there. And uh, yeah, just living the dream here in Farmersville. Beautiful night. Uh, well, it's it's pitch black. So it's, it's a beautiful night. Nice. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that with us, Matt. Uh, we just got done watching uh, perhaps the greatest postseason football game I've ever seen between the Chiefs and the Bills. I guess all our Midwestern Seminary peeps are happy, and I don't even know if there are any Baptists in Buffalo, so maybe nobody is disappointed out there. I'm sure there's some Baptists up in Buffalo. Uh, there are. Also. Yeah. Oh, do you know some? Uh, yeah, I've, I've actually been to Buffalo on a mission trip before. So there, 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 there are some Baptists in Buffalo. Did you go by the Bills Stadium? I, I think at one point – um we may have like just at a distance um i did go to the university of buffalo though um there were no showers at the church we were at so they bust us every morning to the university of buffalo to take showers it was terrible very nice uh, i have a similar story like that but we'll save it for another time well hey guys a couple of stuff going on in sbc life one of those being 
uh, with the Pastors Conference, which <clears throat> we have uh, the Pastors Conference president, Matt Hensley, here with us. Matt, I want you to share this uh, big news about our Baptist relic. Yes, the relics are back, and uh, we are going to be using the Bellevue pulpit uh, for the SBC Pastors Conference which was also used by the likes of Adrian Rogers, Steve Gaines, R.G. Lee, and Ramsey Pollard. And we actually kicked off the show. Y'all didn't get to hear this. Uh, well, Jay Allen, I gave him a sneak peek. Uh, but uh, Philippians chapter 2, Ramsey preached, or, or R.G. Lee preached at the 1959 SBC Pastors Conference uh, on the deity of Christ. And uh, so those that tuned into that at the very beginning, we want to thank Luke Holmes for that find. And then I also, by the uh, powers of Google, found uh, Adrian Rogers and uh, what's his name? Steve Gaines uh, reading that same text. And so I've spliced those together for us. Uh, but yes, we're very thrilled to add another page of history. Uh, like I said in the little press release, uh, that the pulpit we used is not everything, but it is, I think, something. And it tells a story, and we get to add another page of history uh, to a great pulpit that has kind of been the center of exposition at Bellevue Baptist in Memphis. And so pretty pumped about it, pretty excited about it, was really thrilled by the response of it, and, uh, and thankful for our friends at the SBC this week that shared about it as well. But from the early 1950s to just a few years ago, this pulpit was the launching pad for countless sermons that proclaimed the excellencies of Christ and the good news of Jesus. And so I am thankful to Steve Gaines and Bellevue Baptist for their generosity and uh, am thrilled to not get to preach behind it, but get to look at it while our preachers do. So be there in Anaheim. It's going to be great. So how are they getting this thing out there? Like they're putting this in the back of a Dodge Ram and putting a tarp over it and driving it to California, getting a U-Haul. Is it getting a, on an airliner, first class seat? Uh, how's this thing getting out there? Steve Gaines is going to use it as his carry-on luggage. So he's just going to strap it onto his back and just walk into Southwest Airlines and, and just roll with it. So either that or maybe, you know, four guys, you know, with poles kind of carrying it all the way from, Memphis to Anaheim. That that would be another option. I think Patrick Hot, uh, Watts talked about kind of Olympic torch style. So so yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's, okay. I, I don't. If they're going to walk from Memphis, I would recommend uh, taking off now. Uh, if they're going to do that, that's Isn't pretty that exciting. Is that a song? It is a song. That's, walking that's in Memphis. <laughs> I don't think the song is walking out of Memphis. Uh, <laughs> it only has anything to do with a pulpit. <laughs> nothing to do with the pulpit but that no that's that is pretty cool who says baptists don't have relics uh alan what do you think about this uh you think that's pretty cool or do you think it's uh you think matt's just uh, crazy for doing stuff like this i think it's great I, I i love history i love baptist history um you know we, we've got like 1400 gavels and sometimes they make baptist no, uh, noise and news as well. And so I'm sure, you know, using a historic pulpit is, I, I think it's pretty cool. Um, I, I don't know if it's as cool as my pulpit and by pulpit, I mean my pig cooker that I can pull behind my truck. If you had wheels on this pulpit, you could pull it behind a truck. True. Just saying. I would say that my pulpit at my church is a very nice pulpit, but yeah, this is, this is really cool. Um, 
uh, I guess the only reason Gaines is letting – if Matt was preaching, I'm assuming Gaines would say, no, we don't want to tank the pulpit. But since Matt's not preaching from it, he's like, okay, yeah, that's that's fine. You can borrow it. So, I mean, so that's pretty cool uh, that Bellevue's letting us do that. Um, do you know when, when it – so who, what are they going to use the Sunday – uh at their church though before they so they actually don't use it anymore uh, okay is it is on display so he has his uh his his own pulpit uh that kind of matches the decor of the sanctuary i think they did a remodel or or some kind of refashioning of the stage and so forth or the platform and uh so it hasn't been in use for the last few years it's kind of been on display or in storage and uh, so no no need to change the pulpit uh, at Bellevue that Sunday. And, uh, so, so yeah, uh, like, like I said, I just, you know, it's not everything. Uh, it's, I, I still think it's pretty cool. And, uh, and all the guys that I shared, you know, our preachers, uh, you know, some of them were, you know, very in awe of it, very grateful for the opportunity. Some were like, well, now I'm not so sure I want to preach anymore. And cause they were a little <laughs> nervous about preaching behind it, but, uh, but I think it's going to be a great, uh, touch. And uh, like I said, just add another page of history to it. And uh, so looking forward to, to sharing it. Very cool. Did you know that if you go to Weaver, Alabama, which is in the absolute middle of nowhere, and you go to the First Baptist Church of Weaver, Alabama, there is Charles Spurgeon's pulpit. It's an interesting story of how this church came into possession of uh, Spurgeon's pulpit, but uh, Spurgeon wasn't a Southern Baptist, so we're not going to use his pulpit for the uh, Pastors Conference. Well, very cool, uh, Matt. Uh, good work. You're doing a great job with the Pastors Conference. I hear. I don't know. You don't ever tell me anything about it, but uh, allegedly there's some good things. I'm just joking. He's looking at me like I call you every week about it. Uh, but no, um, I know Matt's doing a great job. And if you are listening and wondering, hey, should I get out to California? California a little bit early for the pastors conference yeah you should come out a little bit early come to the pastors conference there's gonna be some great speakers uh Matt's got a great lineup uh set up and so uh, I'm looking forward to uh sitting and hearing the word preached uh, from these men no matter what pulpit they stand behind all right moving on to our next topic <laughs> Matt's giving me a look I don't know if I said something wrong there he's giving I me a don't, look. I don't know that I believe you because I think you distinctly said in a previous episode <laughs> That you were going to use that time to go to Disney. So I, I'm not sure I even believe you, but you know, if you do go to Disney, you can watch it online. So you know, uh, you know, while you're waiting in line for the Seven Dwarfs train, or no, that's not at the Disneyland. Whatever. If you're waiting in line for Rise of the Resistance, you can Ooh, yeah. to to the uh, Gospel Proclaimed. I will be at the Pastors Conference. Okay, it might be Monday, but I'll be there uh, okay. for. When does, when does Israel preach? What day does he preach? Monday. He's okay, I'll definitely be there Monday. Okay. For sure. All right. Uh, guys, check this out. Um, we're here, uh, seeing some news here on Baptist Press about um, Venezuelan believers coming to know Jesus through sin relief efforts. Uh, as you guys know, Venezuela has been kind of like an economic collapse, governmental crisis uh, for the past, I don't know, two, three years. So it seems like that this was up before COVID and uh, COVID just exasperated this. Um, but yeah, really cool story here about our, our sin relief team going down and, and ministering to meet real felt needs, uh, but also ministering with spiritual needs and people getting saved and coming to know Jesus. Uh, Matt, what did you think about the story? Well, first of, first of all, I really loved it. 
you know, it's always encouraging. We know that the missionaries all across the globe are doing amazing work through the International Mission Board and through SEND and all of that kind of stuff. It's always good to, to see some examples of it and to be able to pass that on to our church members and things like that. And, uh, and so I really love just the highlight of, you know, yes, they are meeting some needs, as you talked about, but also their deepest need, their spiritual need of new life in Christ. And, uh, and so I, uh, I love the line there, while caring for and loving the people there, the gospel has been shared and many have come to Christ. I mean, that's why we do what we do. We want to meet needs. We want to do all of that, but we are ultimately trying to get them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, uh, and they said that one of their kind of outreaches and so forth recently led to an old-fashioned river baptism for some of those new believers. And I know Jay Allen would be thrilled about that, probably picturing them in some Orvis waders or something like that out there baptizing in Venezuela. So, so Jay Allen, you take it off. What, what do you think uh, about that? No, I, I think it's great. Anytime you see biblical mercy ministry going on, I think it's wonderful. And we do a great job of that as Southern Baptist. I think it's one of the things we do best is meeting those physical needs and using those as an inroad uh, to share the gospel with people. And so I think that's great. And outdoor baptisms in a river is always great. Um, we don't do those around here because we have alligators. Um, you know, sometimes in lakes and ponds, but you don't want to do it in the rivers around here. Uh, but I think it's awesome. Uh, Anytime you see God at work, especially in a place like that, um, you know, where people have these deep, uh, very real physical needs uh, that we can meet those because that's what Jesus did. And that's what he's called us to do. Well, that's your cooperative program money uh, work. That's center relief doing great work and taking the gospel to hard places so that people can come to know Jesus. And I love reading these stories about baptism happening. Uh, and I love, you know, just just uh, reading about new believers coming to know Jesus, studying the Bible uh, every day since being baptized. So check that article out. We'll put it in the show notes over there on Baptist Press. Um, remember, when you give, when, you're, when you give to your church and your church gives through the cooperative program, great work like this is being done. Uh, Alan, you had a uh, bit of an interesting day. You had a abnormal worship time um, today. Talk to us about why you did that. We, we call those a Graham Jackson Sunday, like this whenever you want to go. Yeah. Wow. So last Sunday we canceled church because we had ice and I had COVID. And so it was one of those situations where I could try to get somebody to fill in, but we didn't know if they'd be able to get there. And so we just decided we'd cancel. Um, I did a very brief devotional online and uh, that, that was it. Well, would you know it, uh, Sunday came again and we had ice. Um, Friday into Saturday, we had a lot of ice uh, fall here about um, half an inches, a uh, half an inch in places. A lot of it ended up being sleep, not freezing rain, which was God's grace. Uh, but uh, early this morning, it was like 17 degrees, which meant all that snow and ice and everything that was on the road refroze. And so we uh, were, were faced with the question, well, did we cancel services again? And I think one of the great things that has come out of this pandemic for churches is it has given us a new sense of ingenuity and flexibility. And so uh, talking with several of the pastors in my local Baptist association, a couple of them had talked about canceling and some of them said just online. And one fellow said, we're going to do a service at two or three o'clock. I said, you know, that is a really good idea. 
Uh, so share that with my deacons. They were all on board. We had a three o'clock worship service today. Uh, I think Ollie said morning instead of afternoon about half a dozen times. Um, but it um, it went really well. But that kind of brings us to this Southern culture topic. If you live up north and even certain places in the south, especially if you're in the Appalachian region, uh, you experience lots of snow. But for many of us, we don't get much snow, but we will often get wintertime ice, which is a very, very dreadful thing. What about you guys in Texas? You guys ever get ice in the Republic of Texas? It only took down the power grid last winter. <laughs> uh, Matt, you were not back in Texas yet. You were still in Mayhill, which I assume also got ice frequently. We, yeah, we would get some ice and snow and so forth, but it was also, you know, and I think we, we may have talked about this before, but, you know, all of our members were really off of the main highway that went through the towns. And, uh, and so that was always cleared. And then people, you know, all were prepared for it. So usually everybody, as long as you could get to that road, you could get to the church. You really didn't have to worry about it because of how prepared they were for it. So I think we did cancel like one time in my five years there uh, when it was just kind of a freak unplanned, uh, you know, snow day type deal. We weren't supposed to get anything. And then we got dumped on by about a foot and, uh, and so weren't, weren't prepared. Uh, but I do remember distinctly uh, everything that happened last year in Texas and would love for that to not happen this year, though I do have a fireplace and found out from our previous owner that this was one of the few houses here that was warm uh, during all of that stuff. And a lot of the neighbors would come over uh, because nobody else had a fireplace and nobody had power. So it was a, uh, a blessing. So hopefully we don't need it, but it's good to know that we got it. And uh, so, so yeah, what about y'all? Have y'all had to cancel? Uh, we canceled last year uh, before the ice storm came. And what we did was is we actually recorded the service on Saturday night and just played it Sunday morning. And that, and really, what we could have had church because the storm didn't come thereafter. But the worst ice I ever saw uh, was in 2013. I was living in Wake Forest, North Carolina, attending Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, and a massive ice storm just it wrecked Atlanta and wrecked Raw. I remember I was trying to get to the bank. I, I got out of class. The rest of the day had been canceled. I was trying to get to the bank to deposit a check, and I was driving straight, taking a left turn to the bank. And when I turned, my car turned all the way around and started facing the opposite direction back to my house, and I just went home. <laughs> I was like, this is just a sign from the Lord. I'm not going to try to get into the bank. It got so bad. I know Danny Aiken, I think, was stuck on Capitol Boulevard for six hours because of the ice. It was crazy. And then, Alan, you might remember five years ago in Henderson – or sorry, six years ago in Henderson, Hendersonville, North Carolina, uh, we had about a 16-inch snow. I don't know how much y'all got down in Quebec. Uh, but the problem was uh, it never got above freezing all week. So the snow would melt a little bit and then it would freeze at night and the roads would just freeze. And so the whole, we were shut down for a whole week. We had once, we normally had three services in the church I was at. We had one service that Sunday and we might've had 60 people there. I mean, it was uh, very low uh, for us at that time uh, because of that. Do you remember that snow, Alan? 
I do. That that's the one where we almost died with carbon monoxide poisoning. I will never forget that snow. <laughs> well, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it 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 dumped like 16 inches on us, and our furnace went out while we were asleep. The firebox collapsed and started pouring fumes into the house. Um, zero out of ten would not recommend. Uh, <laughs> but we had the same situation. I, it was our first snow there. Um, I'm from down east and we, you know, three inches of snow would shut everything down. And so I didn't know anything about shoveling the driveway. And they came through with the plows eventually and plowed the side of our road. And that made like a three, three and a half foot tall pile of snow at the end of our driveway that ended up freezing. So I had a giant ice speed bump. Um, not, not a lot of fun. Um, the cool thing about ice is no fun. The cool thing about Hendersonville is, is that they don't really have a, they have a few like snow plows and stuff like that. And what they'll do is, if you get certified by the city, some of these rednecks in Hendersonville put a snow plow in the front of their four wheel drive trucks, and the city will pay you $150 an hour to plow streets and neighborhoods. So we had a guy at our church, he'd go 20 hours straight just plowing in Hendersonville, making good money doing that so a lot of fun people say people in the south can't drive in the snow we can't drive on ice and i don't know anybody who can drive on ice because that's the biggest problem is we get more ice than snow and when the ice is who can drive on that yeah so not me that's what that's what i want like a grilled cheese sandwich and some tomato soup uh that's what i want on a nice cold snowy ice day uh but i hope we don't get snow in texas ever again uh, I, I, we went 68 hours without power at our house last year. We actually, after the first day, we got one of the last hotels uh, in Farmer's Branch and went and stayed two nights at a hotel until uh, our power came back on. Luckily, our pipes did not freeze. I don't know how they did not. Our neighbors across the street did, and she was displaced from her house for about eight or nine weeks as they had to remodel her house because of the uh, the. Uh, uh, leak pipes, but she got her house remodeled, so that was nice, I guess. All right, well, uh, guys, anything else that you want to add on the pool pits, the ice, or the the mission over there in Venezuela? Got nothing. Well, thanks for joining us here, the potluck. I uh, hope that you enjoy the information that we give you. Just like you, this is the first time I hear about updates of the pastors' conference, so I hope <laughs> that you find this to be profitable and that you uh, love the information that we give, the news that we deliver. Uh, join us next time, same Baptist time, same Baptist hour. Stay back with us, my friends.